you take my water? I did. You suck. <laughs> We're doing a show. We've already done the intro. We already had a break. No, we didn't Have do we? the intro. I don't remember. This is all cold open. We've been open. recording for yeah. like 20 minutes. And it's total trash. I'm going to delete all of it. Yeah, okay. Make-believe money. Make-believe money. Three fine folks discuss. <laughs> I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. Hey, Dan. I think that's the second time we've done that. No, it's no, really the it's first. first. <laughs> but uh, I do like right before we said this is total trash and I'm deleting all of it. That, that's going in the cold open. Uh, Dan, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about uh, the King Killer Chronicle, specifically the Patrick Rothfuss series of books. Well, two books now. That's a series, that's right? A series. It's a yes, short series. But it's a series that. A lot of people have been waiting for the next one for a very long time. What's his excuse? He's starting to George R.R. Martin in a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Not How old is quite, he? But, oh, he's much younger. We've And in seemingly good health. Okay. So we presumably have time. Not I was going to say, have they produced eight seasons of a series about your book before you No, but finish? they're making it into a series that Lin-Manuel Miranda is uh-huh. uh, heavily involved in because it is a, a, a series that has a ton of music involved in it. Whoa. And so they are using That's him awesome. for that. That would be cool. Yeah, I have no more details than that. I should have looked more up before this started. I just know that's the thing that's happening, and no, I'm excited no. about it. That's a teaser enough for me. Which is good, but bad, because they probably paid him to let them do that, which doesn't incentivize him to keep writing his book. Well, it might, if he doesn't want what happened to George R. R. Martin to happen, where they're just like, you're not writing fast enough, we'll what? write the last that one George for you. George gets to sit on his pile of money and then <laughs> write as many wild card books as he wants. I just imagine him going out to sea and collecting all the fish sticks that he can and coming back in. Because he's just, that hat and the beard, I'm like... He lives in New Mexico. I don't know what you're talking Gordon's about. He's Gordon's fisherman. <laughs> Well, and Rothfuss also has a long, like, gray-brown beard. Oh, really? Yeah. Longer than, than Mar- like, Dumbledore long? Uh, no, it's not as long, but it looks more Viking. No. Oh. He looks like a f- like the medieval character, the fantasy character that you A think. character of his own books? Yeah. Except not uh, this book, because he doesn't write his character like that, but... I think that's interesting. No? Yeah. Not it's the, the image I had in my mind, oh, but wow. that's definitely a guy who writes books about wizards. That yep, is so. a guy who writes books about wizards. You are correct, sir. Uh, all right. Literally correct, sir. Yeah. So, um, plot? Sure. I can do it. Dan? Can anybody else? <laughs> no. I'll um, give you my best guess. It's about, it's a band of roving magicians. Nope. And they are going to a concert. Yep. And one day they'll get there. And nope. in the meantime, they have to practice their marimba so that they are real good when they get to the concert, and everyone will give them doubloons. It is pretty much correct, 100%. Except and then they have to a, kill a king. It's a magic marimba. Oh, good, good. Yeah. You, Obviously. You, other than that, you got I don't it. think I've ever encountered a marimba that wasn't supremely magical. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Damon looked like you I'm just waiting for Dan to do the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Damon, I really like your attitude of like, can we just get through this podcast we do willingly? Well, we got to do the business parts so then we can do the funny parts. <laughs> I enjoy this. Let's do it. Um, so let me give you, so here's what I'll say. I'm going to give the 10,000 foot view and enough context for what we're talking about. That's good. Um, 
because I don't want to give any spoilers on this one. Okay. Because I think books are harder because it's much easier to books like. Books are hard. Well, it's just more like a spoiler for a movie. It's like if it's been two years, you've seen it or you haven't. But books, I mean, you can there's, pick it up five yeah. years later and there's less out in their world that's going to spoil it for you. And you can still enjoy that journey for the first time. I mean, I somehow managed to not have The Great Gatsby spoiled for me as like a 23 year old. So oh, there you go. Is there really a spoiler to that though? I think there's a pretty significant spoiler to that. Like that he dies? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I just feel like a spoiler to me. Like when you start reading it, you're like, he's gonna die. Someone's gonna die. Lots of people are gonna die. I don't know. I was caught off guard. Uh this is about a book about rich people malaise. I don't have a lot of room for that. I thought it was just a book about people being sad at parties. I just a book about a green light. It's a book about a green light. Did I ever tell you about there's a a comic, the Hark of Vagrant series? She makes like lots of like historical and literary comics, but the one is like bunch of people standing around going like man this billboard's kind of fucked up right it's weird and the other guy goes yeah but did you see the back of it it's even worse and on the back of it it just says in spray paint fuck the jazz age (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's a deep cut go ahead anywho but the reason i'm not gonna spoil it because we don't need to get into all of it just from it'll take too long but also if you're into fantasy and even if you're not this is probably one of the best series written in the last multiple decades in the genre if you're going to read any fantasy book this would be in my top three or four for you to read wow okay um it is really well written it's very interesting and engaging and i don't think it's too heavy on the fantasy and it's just uh it's written like a it's written about a real character like Mm -hmm. this person has flaws and thing bad things good things it's just it's very good but anyway Long story short, it is about uh, a character who I only know how to spell their name, uh, but I've only ever seen it written. Yes. It's K-V-O-T-H-E. K-V-O-T-H-E. Kvoth? Yeah, probably Kvoth. Yeah, okay. Again, it's one of those, like, I was doing my- You made it up. (laughs) I was doing my research on this, and I was like, oh, damn. I've never had to say that out loud, so Uh, in my head, it's just the person. When I was in elementary school, the teacher who was teaching us reading, we were all reading passages out loud, and she said a thing that infuriated me. She was like, if you don't know how to pronounce a character's name, when you're reading out loud, just say the first letter of their name and move on. And I was like, no, these are names. you got to know how to say them. And, like, I I can't read. I can never do, like, speed reading because I can't divorce, like, the sound of it from the look of the word. And so, like, doing that felt bad like I I would get knocked out of the book all the time so like reading books where the person's name is like hard to pronounce or is like a made-up spelling really throws me off and I'm like I sit there trying to figure out how you would say their name what happens when you read advanced literature I mean not this one is not too bad about it but there are certain fantasy books I've read where Every character has four different names because of their titles. And yeah, they are good like, luck with any Russian like, and right? And some of them, yeah, yeah, some of them start with the same thing and some of them don't. And yeah, like, we have like, two characters that start with the same letter. What are you supposed to do? If they're both unpronounceable or if they have, they First differ. First letter length of the name. Yeah, or if they differ. <laughs> D7. Like, it's this by their royal title and this by their whatever. Like, you're, you're so. It was lazy teaching. That. Yeah. Learn, yeah, learn to pronounce that name. Or, or at say least, you're wrong for a while. Yeah, at least yeah. say it wrong, but know what you think it is and go with it. Everybody who wasn't from England said Hermione for a real long time. Right. Very so. long time. And we all knew who we were talking about yes. even yeah. if we were dead wrong. And then when Emma Watson and came Snape. around <laughs> Snape. 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 <laughs> Snape. 
Mac Galken the Grawl. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> it's a me, a Dumbledore. <laughs> One more aside, real quick. My sister once told a Starbucks person that her name was Voldemort, just for fun. <laughs> and the Starbucks person wrote on the cup, F O L D E with an accent, a goo. M O R. For the more. <laughs> I was like, good try, I guess. But it was a Starbucks in a Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Felt like I guess that's a deep way of not of the name that cannot be said not being said without saying oh, he yeah. who cannot be named. That's a good way to do it. Because if somebody had start told me at Starbucks that their name is Voldemort, I would absolutely write on that cup, he who cannot be named. I think that would have been the be better named. option. Yeah, that would have been the much better joke than going Vo Voldemort. I worked at a fake Starbucks for like three years and <laughs> Starbucks. I can only imagine that like a Starbucks employee, not in an actual Starbucks, especially in a Barnes and Noble, she's lucky that their eyes weren't bleeding from like all of all just, the like, John Mayer they had to listen to. Just like <laughs> everything about working at that position, I imagine. Eyes weren't bleeding. They were trying to get fired. They were just trying to figure out how far, like, by the any end- business that is like not the primary focus, uh, like any business venture that is not like the primary focus of the rest of the business venture. Is a shitty endeavor. Like, Damon speaks from personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this person was figuring out how far they had to get a name wrong to get fired. That was the beginning of the day. By the end of the day, it was like, <laughs> my name's Voldemort. Uh, fuck you. Is there a fuck hey, is you there here? A, like, go away, I hate you. <laughs> is there a, I peed in your coffee here. I peed in your coffee, no? My name's no? Anne. I uh, said my name was Anne. cream and two sugars, I peed in your coffee. Uh. <laughs> it was really funny. I told them my name was Catherine. <laughs> they called me Poop Monster. <laughs> It's like they've never heard the name Catherine before. Uh. <laughs> so what's this book about? Yes. It's not about marimbas. Well, not exclusively. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think of like, because it's so big, but basically um, Kavoth is a, he's telling the story about his history. He is very well known. What? <laughs> I don't want to slow us down. No. Okay. <laughs> it's actually pronounced tchotchke. <laughs> He's very well known. He's done all these deeds, and he's like telling his story. Okay. Um, oh, this is like a retrospective of his yes. life. Yes, and you cut back and forth between the two time periods, though spending most of your time in his like origin story, okay. if you will. But basically, in very broad strokes, he is part of a troop of traveling, basically gypsies, like they're musicians slash craftsmen slash performers who travel around. That sure. is their culture, and they get killed. Um, and it's his like gaining the ability to find his killers and take revenge who okay. turn out to be supernatural entities, uh, which you, I mean, you know that pretty early but because just, of like, the way that they are killed. Uh, yes. But also just like, you kind of know who kills them. It's just a matter of like, they're steeped in lore and legend and finding out what's true, what's not, where they are, how you defeat them, that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, and then. Things happen in there. So he is, um, he has like kind of a love interest that pops in and out of the story and he is uh, traveling the world and gaining skills. But one of the things he does that we're specifically going to talk about here where a lot of the book is centralized, though it goes to other places as he goes to other places, obviously, is the university, which is where... Um, he learns to play the marimba. He learns like his magic, basically. It's like, it's, it's a, it's like a Hogwarts where you lo- learn 
a lot of things, history and all those things, but also in this world, magic. Magic, okay. Um, and the magic system is super cool. There's like two competing magic systems. One's like the old magic that isn't science-y, but the, the magic he uses primarily is like a science-y magic where things that are similar get tied together and then you can affect them both. Oh. So for example, if you had two candle wicks and I was holding one and I focused on it and like poured energy in it, I could make the other candle wick burst into flames. Because they're similar. Okay. I could mm-hmm. still do that with this microphone and the other camera wick, but it would just take a lot more energy because, because they're, they're less not similar. As like, okay. Basically. And you have to hold like two images in your brain um, to like focus on the candle that is not lit and then like and imagine the, the candle one. that is lit, lit and you can split your alar, it's called, in, in multiple pieces and do multiple things. It's mm-hmm. a really neat system. Okay. And um, what for the- those who are used to like the very classic magic systems of wave a wave wand, a wand say a word. and things happen yeah but what's the what's the old magic like um things have like uh names and if you truly understand them you can invoke you, like, that, that name, name and then manipulate it okay. so the first book is called the name of the wind oh. where he is like part of that book is he's on a journey to try to find the name of the wind so that he can then invoke it and use it at will to do whatever he wants it'd be pretty sick power um yeah, it would be if you could do it. And you can get the name of the stone and the name of all these other, like, they're generally base elements it's implied. Okay. But, um, Are they still, is that magic still metabolic the way that the other one is? Like, is the same thing happening? Uh, unclear. Unclear. Okay. That is, like, the lost magic that oh. there's only, like, one person who teaches and he's kind of eccentric and he, so far, like, is much less masterful of it. So we don't really know a ton about to it be revealed yet. yes okay. like how the system works this reminds um, me of that book that you lent me naomi the one based in poland and oh the, uprooted yes, yes like her, her magic like the magician she's learning from is so very like rooted in method and like learning from books and she just like can feel the magic of a thing right I like that. And these two systems kind of do play that way where it's very scientific in one and the other one is literally like, well, the wind is ever changing. So to figure it out, you got to just go kind of go limp, fuck around <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> figure it out. But like if you wanted to learn the name of stone, it's very rigid. Right. And so you'd have to like learn to think in a very rigid way. So it's like how you use the naming magic specifically is kind of based on the element that you understand. Interesting. Okay. So like in the future, you know, he has a, na- a ring of bone, which is crazy and you don't know anything about that but (laughs) but like but that implies some kind of creepy stuff right if you think about it yeah if you get Mm. so you get a ring if you like master that magic so you get a ring of air or a ring of stone or so a ring of air Mm -hmm. if you like master the name of the wind you could get like because you can like make look like oh it doesn't have one yet dang that'd be cool though okay anyway so anyway he's at university yes so that's primarily what we're going to talk about um because it's like an interesting... So I will say, um, Rothfuss is a good job doing what I think a lot of fantasy authors don't get, which is figure out what you like about your world or what you think deeply about or the things that you care about and flush those out. So I'm not actually here. We do a lot of screenwriters are dumb. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that here because he has spent a ton of time thinking about his economic system and it works really well interesting really really well but like that's a tolkien thing right of like he loved nature and history and so he did a lot of that language 
Yeah, his yeah. magic is not defined at all. You no. have no idea what it can and can't do. You have no idea how the, what the rules of it are because he basically said, that's boring. I don't want to spend a lot of time <laughs> thinking about it. Tolkien, focusing on the stuff people care about. <laughs> but, you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like yes. if you want to write a good book, think about the things you care about, flush them out to the fullest extent and think about the things that they impact and then go from there. And you don't necessarily have to have every question answered. Yeah, J.K. Rowling with like the social ramifications of her magic more than like... right. Yeah. How it yeah, happens. like there's no explanation of where that energy to make those things happen come from, but she's like, who cares? This is cares what happens like otherwise. Like, who cares? People shit on the floor. Let's think about other <laughs> things. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> who cares? Pottermore says they shit on the floor. <laughs> I just but that's like never been true there. for humanity. <laughs> yeah, I I have never some... just like poop where we stood. <laughs> but we didn't have magic. Also, just, like, I get it if you didn't have plumbing and you went to a bathroom, you pooped, and then you evaporated it instead of, like, having a, an outhouse or something. It's but are you an just, off-putting thing to But have are you just, just implying that you just you. stop in the middle of a hallway and be like, excuse me, Professor, I... <laughs> you do that thing like, like Jackson does, little baby buddy, where he just grips on your leg real hard and, like, yeah. scooches down a little bit. But you're still having a conversation yeah. with him. <laughs> So I want to get my owls and Hold still. Hold still. <laughs> anyway, that's a lot of us pretending we're pooping on this podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> Kevin's at university where they poop on the floor. <laughs> I think it would make parenting easier, though. It, Imagine it, diapers cool. just whoop, gone. But it would make it so impossible for you, you to live in the, the muggle world at all. <laughs> Can't you just charm your underpants to where they just evaporate before they hit the floor? I didn't have underpants. Why would you have underpants if you're just going to poop on the floor? That's why everybody wears robes. So it's just a big old empty cone that you're in. <laughs> you poop on the floor. <laughs> That's why wizards wear robes and pointy hats. So they look like a walking caution sign. So you don't get too close. So you don't step on their poop until it's magic away. Because could you imagine if half your foot got magicked away with most of their poop? <laughs> what a terrible story. I, I'm going to go back to 2001 and like confront like 10-year-old me who was reading Harry Potter the first time. It was like... In six years, this thing called Twitter's going to come out. <laughs> and then Stop. six years after that, J.K. Rowling's slowly going to dismantle everything you're going to come to love about this book so Just read the books and then and then cease to pay attention <laughs> to any of them. Yeah. If you could then kill the guy who invents the internet, that would be great. <laughs> if you could find Mr. Twitter and shut him down. Okay. Find Jack Dorsey and put a bullet in his head. Trust me, it's worth it. It's worth it. Come with me if you want to, like Harry Potter. <laughs> You like that book, little boy. <laughs> um, okay, so let's so do Kevin's ratings. At university but wait, let's do ratings real quick. Sure. Uh, zero. zero. I've never. Had this. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful thing. Sorry to put you on the spot, but this is what happens when you guys don't come up with any ideas, and I'm left to my own devices. I did tell you I would. This is on me. Shit. <laughs> That's okay. I don't get to watch things for leisure. Yeah, he's in school. This yeah, is, no, I get this it. This is Liz's fault. I'll think of a couple. I got a bird box one rolling around in my head. All right. Okay. But back to your plot. Uh, or my well, rating. Well, your rating. Ooh, it's 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 high. Yeah. Um, I these are ones I have probably reread three or four times each. Ooh. Um, I very much enjoy them. I very much like them. Um, they're sitting on my shelf and I will say the thing I like about paperback books, which I'm not a Luddite, I have a Kindle and I use it frequently, but it is the easiest books for me to just grab when I'm 
idly looking for something to read and just reread something that I love. I also read, like, this sounds braggy, but I read very fast, so it's, like, easy for me to pick one up, read it over a week, and then just put it back because I didn't have anything else to read that week yeah. or a couple weeks or however long it takes me. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty high. I haven't given them a reread in a while, but doing this research made me want to do it, so that'll probably happen in the next, <laughs> like, month or two. How long are how long is each book? Are they like a chunk? They're pretty thick. I would guess they're like Game of Thrones six, chunk. Mm, As I say, they're modern fantasy novels. So four to five hundred pages, probably okay. ballpark. Yeah. That's kind of a chunk. That's not so I bad of know. a chunk. Yeah, that and that could be a little. I I am a bad person to ask because, like I mentioned, can you I flatten love... a crumpled piece of paper with it? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. What can. a weird uh, metric. Yeah, it is a weird <laughs> metric, but. Um, Could you beat a man to death with it? <laughs> I'm just saying, you can't do that with a Sue Grafton novel. So You can't absolutely do that with a Sue Grafton a novel. A bunch of them. You <laughs> press down. 662 hardcover. Um, okay. I read a lot of high fantasy, though, so I'm a bad person to ask because, like... It feels faster. Com- well, compared to The Wheel of Time, it's very short. Compared to, like, a Malazan book, it's very short. Compared to... Harry Potter, it's very long. So, like, they're all, Which you Harry know, Potter, though? Well, that's fair. But, like, <laughs> it feels normal-ish to me, but, like, for a... Someone who's used to reading, like, a Jodi Picoult book, it's extremely long. Calling you out, Jodi Picoult. You write short-ass books. <laughs> no, it's just a different style of writing. Um, but you get what I'm saying. No, that is... That's fair. And I feel like with the fantasy, like, a high fantasy novel, you have a lot of world-building to do. And, like, it takes up more room. I feel like it moves quick, though. That is some of my problems sometimes with high fantasy is that, like, I read 600 pages that could have been written in 300. Yeah. This feels like 600 pages that should have been written in 800. Not should have been, but, like, but it could have been. like, boom, 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 while still doing character development, which is a nice, hard combo to nail. But, like I said, I am clearly, as you can tell... A very, bit of a fan. Yeah, very, very big fan of these books, so. I gotta say, that is my, like, my thing. I have a very big hesitancy to join up on any kind of series. Like, I've only actually read the first Game of Thrones book because, like, the second that I get invested, am I going to be reading a book that later on gets shitty or a book if that... you're reading Game of Thrones, yes. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to what I like to call the fourth book. Yikes. <laughs> oh, Damon, what do you think about that? Uh, All the characters I, you don't care about for 800 pages. Oh, good. I have very complex feelings about Game of Thrones. I don't. I know nothing about this book, so I'm going to talk about something I do know really quick. <laughs> um, I have very complex I'll talk about feelings Neil about Gaiman. Game of Thrones. I think that it, it was something that had every good intention, and I really wish that he just would have bit in and done the five-year gap. Like, oh yes, we talked about that. I think that I actually I am actually a bigger fan of the fourth book than most people. Um, but like I think that he just like didn't have enough faith in the audience. And I'm like, I know that it's not like exactly what you wanted to do, but I think it would be super cool to like just do another like effectively just do another trilogy in the same world, like just pretend like the first set only kind of exists. And trust that people will read them to like do, uh, so you don't have to do all of your world building over again. What? But like, set up a new world, like a air quotes new world, and like carry on with that, and just 
trust your audience, you know. I mean, do Mine's... what all fantasy writers do. Said it 100 years before or 100 years after. Right. So, like, the events are still canonical, but you can well, do a whole that's new the, story. The fascinating want. thing about it, if he had done just this five-year gap and be like, you know, because a lot of it's, like, how, like, the events of the intervening time, like, change their, like, right their personalities and everything. And it's like, that would be super fascinating to get, like, 600 pages into the second trilogy and be like, holy shit, that's... What happened oh, to like, him? That's Arya from the, the first Yeah, series, yeah but That's like know? Mercedes Lackey does that all the time. She's, like, got a couple of worlds built, like, three or four of them, and she just writes... I mean, she's written, like, a thousand years of history for all of them because she just mm-hmm. keeps moving, like, What's her 30 years later, 40 series? years later, whatever. Uh, the Herald series is the okay. one that she wrote a lot of, right, writes, wrote a lot about. <laughs> has <laughs> read a little, little, little yeah. Uh, Participles, right? Right. <laughs> but that's the, the, like, my number one hesitancy is, like, uh, that is a long-ass book to, uh, have it be only the first one of a thing. Like, I'm gonna commit really hard to this very first one, and then if it ends poorly, am I going to read the second one? Am I? And if I start reading the second one and that one sucks, do I feel like I wasted my time with the first? Yep. Like Game of it. Thrones at least was a good first book. I did like reading that. Here's what I will say, and I'm going to put this stake in the ground and people can email you and be mad at you about it. Great, me. Uh, yeah, no, I stand by what I said. <laughs> Obviously, neither series is are done, so right. who knows. I believe the first and second book of this series are better than any book I read in Game of Thrones. <gasps> Shots fired. Oh, I don't, I don't doubt him at all. Like, <laughs> I think Game of Thrones has made a very intoxicating world, intoxicating world. I am not convinced that it's been followed through. Like, I think Fair. there's this, there's, it's so messy with like starting the adaptation, like before in the middle of it, in, like in the middle of it before it's all done. Like even the show, like the show's gone to hell. Like, Oh, yeah, like, that I'm last excited for it to finish, but like, just in the showrunners, like... <laughs> like the showrunners, do not have an eye for original content to match the quality of the early stuff, and like Martin is writing without the hand of an editor, and it's it shows a lot. Like, so, welcome to tearing the, down your heroes. <laughs> welcome, well, welcome to the the making the prequel Star Wars, right? Oh god. Like yeah. you need people who tell you no. Yeah. And that's the thing I will say about well, this. Well, when you get divorced from your editor and yeah, she's not that's involved. True. And here's what I will say, as much as like again, I'm frustrated this series is taking to come, as long as long as it is to come out, if he can write a third book to the quality of the first two, it's worth the worth wait, it. right? Okay. I'd rather that than, to your point, feel like, why did I waste my time reading those first two books to yeah. have this pile of shit come out to be the third? Yeah. Just to cash in or just to move it on or just to get it out before the TV series or whatever the reason for a rush is, I right? I think it's kind of a... I think it's kind of an issue with the form, though, too, that, like, when you've conditioned your audience that, like, each volume is 700, 800 pages, like... You can't put out novellas. Well, it's just like it. The bloat is seductive. Then, yeah, you know, love like, and I definitely think this is Martin's fault that he's fallen into this and is like, you know, maybe like, maybe four and five only needed to be one novel that was, you know, shorter, shorter, and like maybe didn't go into every nook and cranny that you to go into. But, like, if it means that we got to the end of the story in, like, the same pace, like, you know, like, that's, I think that's more significant than, like, 
I don't know. Like, not to tell an artist how to do their thing, but like. But that's what editors are for. <laughs> it is what editors are for, and it's just like it's kind of like it's so evident that like he's lost the the muse with it. Sure. Of like, whatever spark he's chasing is incredibly hard for him to grab hold of. Well, again, I can't imagine like, with like international attention and acclaim that would be easy to keep a hold of. Yeah. Like this was a thing that he was writing for himself, I'm sure, to start. And then I mean, it for money still. Like, well, he, absolutely. Like, I mean, nobody, money is always. But you, I mean, like you he, don't he get was, as good of a book as that is. Because I will say, I like this better. But it's a very good book. But you don't get that good of a book if you're not writing it from some amount of internal passion, right? right? If yeah. you're just writing it just for money, you, you would don't get tell. that. Yeah. Like. But like you know, with the more and more scrutiny, there are a lot easier ways to make money. Writing novels is not a good way to make money. No. Um, but the you know the more and more scrutiny and like people trying to decipher the like Bible of what he's written, I'm sure that is incredibly overwhelming because now he has made an enemy of himself. Like everybody is going to be looking for the larger significance and whatever he puts down. Oh, and he might not have been thinking about that at all. No, and he certainly wasn't thinking about it 30 years ago before he knew that there would be seven subreddits dedicated to the, all of his writing. You right. Know? Let's talk about the thing. Dan anyway, but Dan, talk, talk about, about your though. thing. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about the money. Um, so so Kevin's at the university where he shits on the floor. Kevin's at yes. university. He where he shits on the floor. And, yes. the and then thinks very hard about shitting on the floor to make it burst into flame. <laughs> make other people shit oh. burst into flame. God, what a stinky <laughs> university. <laughs> like I said, I think these books are great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so basically I just want to spend some time ranting about college. Please. And about how it's totally crazy and unaffordable. Let's talk about that. I um, have been feeling lots of feelings about that too. Uh, because, so basically, in this system, in this world, the way it works is this university is like the university. Okay. Um, there are other, in theory, places to so learn. So Monopoly. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. There are other, <laughs> in theory, places to learn, but A, this is the best, and B, this seems to be the only one that teaches magic. Like, you can learn history or performing arts or other things, other places, but this is like all those things and magic, right? If you want to learn magic, here's the place you come. But what they do is they, every term, every, like, half year, you get a test, basically. You go in front of the masters, and you answer five or six questions. And based on how well you do, your tuition is set independently, <gasps> individually. What the fuck? So if you are a student of great promise, then in theory you don't have to pay as much. And if you are a dullard you have to pay a whole lot more. Now we're going to talk about privilege. Yep, that's where I wanted to get with this. <laughs> good. And Rothfuss does a good job, like, saying how bad, because uh, Kevin comes from a, a, a much a very poor background. I really love that we've all decided he's Kevin. <laughs> I really hope I haven't ruined this book for you. Damon Damon got went to it, and I'm, I'm willing to go there with Kevin. him. But, like, he comes from a very uh, poor background. So, actually, and he's, like, kind of self-taught by a guy who's traveling with his band, and so he knows a lot of some of the magic before like before he gets there he even gets there so what winds up happening is he basically goes and gives this impassioned speech that says give me a chance here he you know walks in with no money in his pocket and says give me a chance here and i will blow your doors off but you got to give me literally. a chance i literally blow that door off no but you got to give me a chance and so they give him it's a not normally a thing you want to say in a school yeah they <laughs> <No>. give him... <laughs> yikes <laughs> Not wrong. You don't have to then, blow the doors off. And when they say yes, he goes straight to the airport and says, no. Um, 
But basically, his first term, they give him a tuition of negative three talents. And talents are uh, the name of one of their currencies that's like a high-value currency. So basically, Talents? Yes. But negative three. So they pay They're him paying him to be at school. To okay. be at school. Oh. Basically, they give him a scholarship. Yeah. And okay. a lot is made of how that's never happened before and yada, 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 yada. Because he blah, just blah. speaks real good? Basically. Okay. And I mean, he is brilliant and he comes in with some, some education and et cetera, et cetera. And, mm-hmm. um, but... Um, I mean, he, the, that is one of these things. Like, this is a real character. One of his, I would say, attributes is that he's... If he was a D&D character, his charisma would be high. Okay. He, like, he is, he is a smooth talker, if you will. Okay. Um, What's he bad at? He has a temper. Okay. Gets him into trouble quite a bit of times. He is not physically... Well, he's not particularly physically capable. Sure. Um, and, like, he's... he's I don't want to say arrogant, but he definitely gets himself... A lot of the troubles... He uh, he thinks himself through the problem, and then into the uh, like further into it. If that makes sense, (laughs) right? Like he gets a little too cute and winds up burning himself. Gotcha. Um, Good. So pride, anger, a couple of those sort of things are are probably his two uh, of his deadly sins. Yeah, I was worried he was going to wind up being like a Larry Stew. You know, the male Mary Sue were like, they're oh. just really good at everything. And no, everybody that's loves one of the them. things I like about this. Is yeah. like it is, it feels like he is challenged often. Good. Um, and then, you know, some that he handles easily, like in real life, and some that he has yet to even handle. So, um, wind rings. <laughs> but anyway, I just want to kind of talk about this idea that they, and they even talk about like, there are certain rich families who want their students primarily sons given the this is written like in a medieval time though there are women involved um but like i mean I but like women's get, women get educated too but it's like it is it is more like first son sort of thing right sure scrolls full of women. scrolls full of women. Scrolls full of women. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they want to like get them the name of their education to be this place so they right. pay like a ton Ton more for a, a they're crappy not student. Particularly smart, but that's like how the university makes its bread and butter in theory. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, so I'll pause there. I have some specific thoughts and some actual numbers real about real world, world universities. A little make bit their how money. real world universities, especially reminding me, and the two of you may be familiar with this, but like uh, conservatory programs for actors are often a thing where you pay for and do two years of school and then they have a round a second round of auditions yep and, and if you, you yeah if you don't get it they won't let you finish and you have to leave having only had two years of experience and you don't get an associate's degree you just did two years of a thing and you didn't get to finish it and that makes me so mad that's why i got a liberal arts degree because i was so mad <laughs> at the idea that i'd have to audition to keep going to the privilege of paying for school how dare you <laughs> anyway uh, it's stupid. That's a bad choice. And uh, so there are poor kids out there in this world who would like maybe never have any experience with magic, but could maybe be talented at it if they were given the education. Or even anything else, right? Like, or, again, yeah. This university. This is you, just a school. It's kind of a choose your classes thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to study magic to be here. It's okay. still presumably the best school in history. And in, they yeah. have like a whole... Um, it's a like, liberal dark arts degree. A yeah. liberal dark arts. He, <laughs> <laughs> he takes like a shop class, but like, <gasps> like they do like an cool like sh- magic-y sort of stuff. But you can Does do he that. Make shelves like, for his locker. Yeah, exactly. 
But you can do that sort of stuff without like having you can just go and be an engineer basically. They have an engineering yeah. school and all sorts of other things. So like this is the best place for it. But yeah. So like basically what Rothfuss has figured out is that for profit schools should never exist. Yeah. Because you have no incentive to give scholarship to a for profit school. At a for-profit school, right? I mean, in the real world, they get scholarship because they're taking money from the government to pay themselves. Ugh. But in this world where the government like doesn't offer loans and all that sort of stuff, and they shouldn't exist in this world either, but I should say in our world. But in this world, like the issue with this is, yeah, basically he's creating a system. And again, his he might know this, and he might be doing this purposefully. He's, he's a very talented author, but like I'm just thinking through this system and I, the flaw that you, they don't talk quite enough about, they talk about how, you know, this system can be disadvantageous for dumb rich people, but sure. they don't really talk about how disadvantageous it is for Uneducated smart poor, poor people. people. <laughs> and how this university has no incentive to ever, ever give scholarship. No, yeah. Or any sort of financial aid. Yeah. It's surprising that they give it to Kevin. Yeah, and in theory, it's probably the least believable part of this entire book is that it happens when you really stop and think about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, it makes sense in the book when you're in the flow of it because you're, like, convinced that him compared to everyone else is a good thing to bet on. But, like, in the real world, they would just have a rule of, like, we never give people money. We don't, so like, you'll why? have to... Get money, yeah, and get then money you can and come, come back. Here. And they could set the tuition extremely low. Yeah, but he and would realistically, still have to pay what something. they should have done is set the tuition at like you know a penny. Should have done work study. Yeah, work study. And they kind of do that. Um, he has some jobs around the university, and I don't think he makes much. I think a lot of it does go toward like his materials and like his expenses and what have you, but. They definitely, at least for the first one, give him negative because he, like, literally doesn't have a place to stay and all these other things. So, like, they he talks about, honestly, it's a really good depiction of, like, a first-gen person going to school because he talks about, like, I live way further off campus than most people because it's cheaper. And, yeah. like, I buy my stuff at all the stores that aren't around campus because they it's marked it up. up right around campus and all this stuff. So, it, like, does a good medieval version of that, but it just, like... It is interesting because this one isn't non-for-profit, like colleges in the U.S., or not all colleges, but some colleges. And so, therefore, like, you run into this conundrum of should this ever happen? Yeah. And that's kind of, I guess, the crux of, like, make-believe money, what's silly about this? is like, overall, <laughs> the system is not impossible or to imagine. It's just that they ever gave him anything stretches a little bit. yeah. Yeah, I can't um, even imagine, even if he was the best magician in all of magistum, like, why, like, they're not, they don't get points for having, like, very scholarly scholars. Like, there's no requirement to fill a the only, certain demographic. The only benefit would be, is like, if he were so talented that people would want, but, like, you would turn him into a An professor who... Oh. People would then want to come, want study, to come under. study under. Yes, like there are Which famous people like, in my field. For example, one of them teaches at U Chicago, and like people mm-hmm. go to that program, the U Chicago Business School, to just learn to from like them. have his cl- take his class. For yeah. example, yes, yes, yes. My company works with a lot of experts that are like that. 
So the only other option, yeah, Damon, it could be that they want him to teach and draw people there. It could be that they think he's going to become rich and famous by inventing something or what have you, and then feel inclined to give back to the university. Oh, sure. Right? Oh, the like, other way colleges make money. Yes, the, yes, one of the two ways that people make <laughs> Sending money. Sending you letters just immediately after your loan started to, like, uh, hit repayment. Right. I get. I got a letter from Columbia College. That's where I went to school. Just after I, like, hit my loan repayment that was like, hey, wouldn't you like to pay back to the school that you went to? And I was like, I currently am. <laughs> I cur- I'm currently paying money about I got the school that I did. so soon after I graduated that I knew the person who was calling me. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I was like, wait, is this? Yeah, I, I know who you are. Did you run out like, of old people? Call them. Yeah. <laughs> My college thinks I'm dead. Don't, dis- don't like dissuade them of that. Did you <laughs> stage something? No. No, I just like didn't fill in like a new address card at and a certain moved point a couple times. and I moved a couple times my I think my mother gave them my address because I wasn't getting the like alumni magazines for a while and now I am and it was after mom had mentioned something about it I don't know how she would this was years ago but yeah I got my mother like I was like I they kept sending us stuff here so I let them know where you live now and I was no. like damn it <laughs> I would consider giving money to my school. I liked my school and I could afford to do it, but I just like until I have no loans and until like I'm again, if they almost yeah. if, they, if they called me today and they hadn't called me right after school, I might be inclined to do it, but now <laughs> they I'm did stu- burn a bridge. I'm real still early. yeah, I'm still stubborn <laughs> about it. I'm like call me in like 20 years and I'll probably be over it, but the fact that like the ink on my diploma was not yet dry when you called me is a little off-putting to you me. You hadn't even mailed it to me yet. Yeah, honestly, like, um, it almost felt like a threat. Like, yeah. hey, you know you haven't gotten your diploma yet? Give us 25 bucks. Oh, for shipping? No, no. just if you ever want to see mm, it. Give me goddamn money. Yeah, like, you start the money walking across the bridge, I'll start the diploma walking across the bridge, and they'll, like, meet in the middle. You guys, I did pay for school, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Got tens of thousands of dollars, I'm yes. pretty sure. No, I wouldn't give my school money because I think that they're kind of in a weird, messy place. They, like, conflated... I actually don't know what's going on right now, but for a while they conflated the dance and theater department down into one department. Columbia makes all its money from the film students anyway, so uh, lots of its th- other things are s- second tier. But that uh, was very disappointing to me. Yeah. And you will not be getting any of my rich theater person money. <laughs> <laughs> all my millions from the theater. <laughs> I'm very poor. So the other thing I want to talk about with this system that you don't think about, but you definitely would be true. Mm-hmm. These people who run this school really only have one job. <laughs> like in real universities where their job is actually to research and not to teach. Yeah. Um, this would be different, though. Their one job would basically... This school is basically a giant development office. If you can tailor your tuition uh-huh. to exactly what every student can afford you're going to spend the majority of your time just digging through financial <laughs> records, figuring out what every student can afford. Oh, my God. Like, your time is not best spent being a better teacher or learning how to create a new thing. Your time is best spent figuring out, like, hey, can we get $10 more out of Timmy, or have we maxed him out? And at what point do they, does his family or whomever is paying actually balk? See. This is where I know I'd be a bad teacher in this universe because I would just, like, roll a D20. <laughs> like, whatever you get is what you pay. 
But like, cause you, you know, if you think about it, like again, so we've talked about, I think elasticity before where like if in the perfect world you would charge exactly like what someone's comfortable with. And, right. Yeah. And if it, you know, charging one more dollar means they'd buy no less than you'd charge, charge one more, more dollar. dollar. If you charge two more dollars, they'd buy a third less than you charge them two more dollars. And if you charge them three dollars and they'd stop buying entirely, then you charge would them never charge. Yeah. You wouldn't <laughs> charge them three. Like if you just like keep going, like, in theory, they can do this, but for college, which is kind of in theory what the real world is. That's what the FAFSA is supposed to do to figure out how much you should reasonably be able to afford. Yeah, the that. other end of it, though. But that's just deferring payment, right. and, and it's a terrible system, and it can be gamed, and a lot of other things are bad about it. But yeah. in this world, it would be exactly that. I mean, you could. there's no like, oh, well, what your merit aid is is based on da-da-da. This would just literally be... You can pay this. However much money we think you have, we're going to charge you a different amount based on. It's like they're garnishing your wages. Kind of. Right? Like, if you were if you were in trouble, like you... you opt into it. Yeah. Like a, a program where they figured out... Or I guess, like, the repayment plan on, like, government loans is kind of like that. They base it on what you make. They do have... Yeah, you do have that option. That's an option. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I wound up doing for most of mine. Um, and... Uh, I will say it was not a comfortable number, <laughs> but I could pay it. <laughs> yeah. But in theory, again, just to like get back to our premise of our show of like, it, which is, did the person really think about the unintended consequences of some of the silliness here? Like, Mostly? really, that would be these. Eventually, this college's main business is just would the just accounting. become figuring out how much you think every student could afford and making sure that you bleed them the exact right amount to yeah. make that work. You'd have to have more people doing that than actually teaching. Oh, for sure. Yuck. Yuck. There's how? magic in this world, though. Yeah, can you magic it, do you think? Is there, like, a precedent for someone could, like, set magic to do the accounting? I don't think so. Oh, I don't dang. think there's, like, a scrying... Or anything like that that mm. you could do. I mm. don't know. Again, I need to go it back and read them. It's yeah. been a while, but I don't <laughs> see how that magic could be applied that way. But I also, a haven't read them in a while, and b you know that's the fun part about yeah. This magic that is the does fun part. More it, this magic has limits, yeah. unlike a lot of magics, which I appreciate. But it also is interesting because it it's more fun, I think, because it's challenges your creativity, right? In a yeah. way of like, what can you? I do like Harry do? Potter, but like. J.K. Rowling, if she wanted something to happen, she could just make up a word, and now that's the spell for There's that. A spell for that. Yeah. Rothfuss, for better or for worse, has set himself rules that he now has to play within. Yeah. Right? And so that, I think that's more challenging, but at the same time helps there be stakes in some way. Right? Like, if Voldemort is more powerful than Harry, it's because J.K. Rowling says so. In this world, if so-and-so is able to do this, it's because they thought of a clever way to do it or something that another character didn't think of which mm-hmm. i mean again they're still making up the characters so we're all playing calvin ball here but you get what i'm saying <laughs> yeah um that's a nice little reference but but the other thing you have to be avoid in this world which is what i want to kind of talk about in our world is at what point because of elat again kind of going back to elasticity do you price yourself out of existence because college yeah. is well on its way to that that's what I'm, I keep thinking about, like, in our kids' generation, what will college look like? Because it is so... I did that math. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell um, me. Because I, I keep thinking that, like, 
it is already such a burden on people, but also sort of a necessity to like get jobs to make any kind of money. Like what? Tell me. Yeah. I mean, so right now we'll use the middling. So I did an in-state private and out of state, but still public, mm-hmm. like an in-state public, out of state public. So let's use the out of state public just as an example, but I can give you the rest of the numbers if you care. Right now, the average tuition for an out-of-state public school is $21,000 okay. a year, which is $86,000 for a uh, standard four-year education. For a four-year education, right? No super seniors here. Um, most I did some research math. The average student aid is about 5600 So let's call it actually 16000 And this is like grants, not in scholarships, sure. not like... Loans. loans that's so actual aid it's about 5600 so let's say that gets you to about $64,000 over the grand course cuz it cuts your 21 to 16 64 over 4 years okay that's all very expensive to be clear <laughs> yes. the price of two cars or whatever but i mean nice cars two yes, nice cars very nice cars uh but but sustainable yeah it is an issue because it is only sustainable for certain demographics and parts of the population. And there's a lot of issues there, and I'm not here to defend that. I'm just saying there is a population who can afford that to keep colleges in business. Yes, and yeah. that's like a reasonable-ish amount to expect. Like, Potentially. You could Potentially. argue whether that is or isn't. Predatory like, loans again, aside. Yeah. You could argue it is or isn't, but it's enough to keep the system as a going concern, mm-hmm. right? Like at that level, people aren't not going in in broad swatches i mean they are but you get what i'm saying the like, elasticity the same, still the same broad swatches are not going that have not gone in the past sure you're not losing people at a terrifying rate but the problem is over the last like 10 years the college inflation rate has been close to five percent okay and when you like, start compounding that yeah it gets scary so i did it if we any of us had a kid let's say 18 years from now they got out of school that turns your 16000 so that's with aid, into almost $40,000 a year. Oh, no. Or $150,000 for a four-year education. And if you're investing your money at 7%, which is aggressive because it's, as you get closer, you'd have to de-risk. So that's like if you kept it risky the whole time and everything worked out. Yeah. You need to put away 1200 bucks a month. Yikes. Starting a month for for eighteen years from the the moment the child is born basically to today or to like eighteen years to the to afford that, and it's just not doable. Something's going to break, right? Right, and that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. Like, well, I feel like that's it's been feeling like we're on the cusp of like the housing crisis, but with student loans for a long time, and I don't know what that looks like because student loans aren't forgivable, like. Yeah, I don't like know. You can't either. get rid of it in bankruptcy. So I don't know. There's the, one of the reasons I was thinking about this, and you know, again, I thought it was interesting because of this fantasy world, but uh, in the real world, like, yeah, you're right. In my opinion, something has to give. Yeah, I don't know if that'll be the free college that like some be- far left is is pushing for. I don't know what it'll be, but like, I think even in higher ed, and I could be wrong. I'm not in higher ed. They've got to be thinking about what they're going to do. Right? Because at this rate you will price yourself out of like customers. You will like if you can't control that. If you're doing this just because you think you can make more money, that's horrible, but and you're a nonprofit, you shouldn't. But yeah. God bless, I guess, right? 
if you think you're an ice cream man, you're charging a, a buck and you think you can charge five and for rum customers, raisin and twelve customers, get after it. Yeah. But if you just your costs keep going up and you can only charge five dollars now and nobody's gonna buy it. Yeah, and you're fucked. And you're going out right? of business. Like you're going out of business, and I worry, not worry, but like that's. Well, but does that mean that like college becomes a more selective thing then? Well, like not everybody think, goes to college. What I think happens, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They price themselves out. Yeah. And what I think would happen in that scenario, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe this is what happened with this university in this fantasy world, is that one of two things happen. Well, you either can barely afford to go. And so the things that stay alive are kind of the crappy colleges where you get an eh education sure. just to get an education. Or you go, you money's not an object, and you go to Harvard or Yale or the really the ones that have a huge name and institution, and you get a great education and it furthers income inequality and a lot of other issues, but like the middle market of colleges, your you know Yeah, what? Columbia's, your Bradley's, your U of I's, your whatever, they they go away because there is no demographic that is so money un like so money non conscious that they can spend two hundred grand at a pop, but no demographic that doesn't you know what I mean? Like you can either yeah. scrape by to go to the lowest possible cost college. Cause I did all this math with a in state public college. And it winds up only being about forty grand a year eighteen years from now. Because it's so much cheaper. Not only requires you to save three hundred bucks a month, which is still crazy if you think about it, yeah. but same time, like, that is affordable, even then, so a bunch of people go to those, like, in-state public colleges, nothing wrong with that, but, you know, just a certain level of education, or they go to the really good ones, and you lose everything in the middle. Yeah. Oh, barf. This is just making me think about how I had thought about going to Northwestern when I was in, when I was looking for colleges, I didn't get in, so good on me. Uh, but they were going to be $50,000 a year, and that was like 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago now. And I can't even, Jesus Christ. I do think at some point that inflation rate is going to have to moderate. And it, yeah, right? I feel like maybe it's already starting to, but I could be wrong. I mean, I don't check it every year by any means, but this mm -hmm. was just the like the last 10-year <clears throat> average. But maybe it's already moderating, but like... So these costs go to like administrative things for the schools and paying the professors and for sports upkeep stadiums. of the buildings and sports stadiums. Not for Columbia. <laughs> I never went to a school that had sports. <laughs> um, you went to high school. I did not have sports in high school. What? No, I had. I went to a performing arts high school. Oh. We didn't have sports or a cafeteria. Hmm. On principle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like, what was I going to say even? $50,000. Yeah. Just you were asking like what the money goes to. Yes. Where does this money go? Like it's to professors and it's to infrastructure and it's to stadiums and it's to administrative fees and classroom materials. That's but a, you pay for that. That's the question I would like an answer to. And I didn't do a deep enough dive in this to know. And maybe it's been analyzed. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. Because it doesn't feel to me like fundamentally colleges do anything different now than they did 30 years ago. Like maybe this is going to fund research at some schools. I think that's a lot of it. In a lot of places like grants for the instructors to make use of for research for the work and that projects keeps them and there. 
which yeah. puts you in a sticky wicket because a lot of primary research is done at universities. Yeah. Like we need them for that. No company wants to do research, spend $10 right. million on research that might go nowhere. They want to take research that's already been done in a university, put $2 million into it to turn it into Brilliant. a product, yeah. and then sell it. Hmm. So on one hand, if you don't have those, you lose a lot of primary research, and you spend a lot of people reinventing the wheel slightly better every time. Yeah. But if a university's primary purpose is to be accessible to educate people so that they can better their lives and careers, you should argue that that isn't, like, they shouldn't be using the money to do that if it's if it's what's primary drive primarily driving up the cost. And there could be some other factors that are primarily driving up the cost. I'm just thinking, like, 30 years ago, they did a lot of the same things. Yeah, and it's it's raising at a faster rate than, like, the rest of the cost right. of the rest of things in the country. Yeah, like, wage inflation hasn't been crazy, so our professor salary is going up more, perhaps. I um, but think like, so. Property taxes are what they are, but, like, again, same as they've been forever. And like, with nonprofits, like, most good schools anyway are nonprofits like there's there's exceptions to all those things with nonprofits like right and a lot of those things are deductible i just again it's not even the what is and isn't deductible and this is that it's just really for me what is different now than was than different it was 30 before. years ago and i don't know the answer to that question and if somebody knows listeners please let me know i would yeah. love to know more what loans are the thing that's different that like, we didn't get used to do loans. You didn't get loans in the same way. And right, but my question is, why them. are they necessary? Like, what has driven up the school's costs so much that they've had to do this 5% increase every year? Are they just letting in more students? No, I think it's... I've, if I had to hazard a guess, I think a lot of it is, like, major property investment by the universities. Not by and large, but, like, I think... Places like where Dan and I went to school, where like there is semi-affordable land nearby that can be bought and developed into something that can be more attractive for future incoming students. You know, like mm-hmm. while we were there, they redeveloped an entire half of the campus. That's true. Like, oh it, yeah, and then your money went to that to be, for sure. Well, I think the money from people five years before us went to it. Yeah, and I think the like. Our money paid for stuff that came that is a now. hole in the ground on Main Street. So right is this now. working like Social like, Security? <laughs> well, what I'm what I'm wondering is, I it does almost wonder if it's an arms race that like. So here's the and this could be I think you might be right, Damon. Where it's we have to be the best to attract students. Right. Mm. So therefore, we put a lot of money into our stuff, which then makes it more expensive. But if we don't do it, it's kind of like a. a Game of chicken, right? If we right. don't do it, the Someone university down the street will do it, so we have to do it. But since we do it, they feel like they have to do it. Now we're both more expensive, and we're pricing out students. We have to maintain yeah. that prestige. But if we don't do it, then... No one will come. No one will come, or they'll go to the other school. So like each individual school has to do it, because otherwise they'll go out of business to the school that does do it. Mm-hmm. But when all schools do it, all you're really doing is you're an arms race amongst... A bunch of things that should be fighting for the same goal, which is keep the cost down while providing a good education. And they're just dragging the floor up with them as they Right, go. but if I don't have the greatest, most newest, beautiful building in the world, you won't feel like your education's good, you'll go somewhere else, I'll shut down, and I can't have that, so I have to like stay in this arms race that just brings 
the cost up for everybody all the time. Well, then the question is, is like, at what point is the education accessible by other means that right. undercuts all that? Right. Well, yeah, and then you think about like, like community college being offered for free. Well, or and like there's all these like now online programs. Well, I was just thinking about like, like MOOCs that. and stuff. Like yeah, somebody can like stitch to together uh, an education through things that they can get for twenty five bucks a semester. But the thing is, there. you don't get the accreditation. But I mean, like, what skill? Like, if you're a doctor or an engineer, sure. But like, well, there's a lot of other things. Like, yeah, you maybe need a degree, but yeah. like a lot, like. I know at least with, like, technology, like, a degree doesn't mean as much as it does if you're just in, like, general business or something. I was going to say, this applies very much to, like, specialized things, but, like, if you don't have a specialty, you need a degree. Because, like... The problem is it's the perception more than the thing. Right. You're you're conflating skills and perception when they really are separate things. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot at my school, but I could have learned that all that, done my job very well, Without officially, I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, like, I, I have a theater I, I degree. sent my transcript <laughs> to my first place of employment and I've never done it since. Right. Or I've done anything with it. But that first place of employment would not have hired me without the degree. Right. Even if I didn't have the knowledge. If I didn't have the knowledge, but I had the degree, I probably had a better chance than if I didn't, than I had the knowledge and not the degree. This right? is literally so the like, only reason I got the temp jobs that I did was because I was able to put down that I had a degree and that I got more high-paying temp jobs. So we need to divorce those two. There needs to be some yeah. sort of like job prospect. Because in, in one way or another, you need like a certification. Yeah. No, sure. But I also think that like in general, like, I mean, Automation is coming for everybody. Yes. And, like, there are a lot of jobs that do rely on that, like, perception degree that are not going to exist in 30 years. Like, That's fair. You know, and, like, I think a lot of the the things that are going to persist are going to be skills-based. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe, if, maybe, like, the degree of perception will, like, carry through to that, but I think that it's going to be more about your ability to like write the code or to be the plumber or to be the to serve the, the ace yeah to serve man yeah. um <laughs> i sort of feel like it's gonna then that means it's going to come down to specializations more than it like i, I think so. our generation of school was more general than any further generation will be mm-hmm. or any generation before us even like generations before us didn't go to college just to go to college you know, mm, I think a lot of boomers went to college. Yeah, to college. I think you're well, right. I think like I think maybe this era, but I wouldn't say just our generation. I mean, maybe just my family. Like nobody before me went to college to like just go to college. Which sure, just, but go like, ahead. No, I was just saying like I think a lot of people went to college to like get the degree to get the job. But like, right, I think that there's always been that through line of like. There are there is the the jobs you just need a degree to like prove that you like are socially conditioned to operate in that space mm-hmm. versus the jobs of like if you don't know how to do this you are no work you won't to the be doing yeah. yeah so like and I think that we're gonna like like you said with automation you will see a lot more specialization than for because the general jobs can be done automated yeah and the like taking care of those and like or, my experience has been growing through that so like i would say i came out of college with a degree that was just a socially conditioned thing and over the last 
six to seven to eight years, I've gotten myself a bunch of certifications that have actually taught me how to do my job. And those yeah. are far more valuable. That's why I learned most of my skills. Mm -hmm. And I did not in college. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I'm pushing for at my job now is like, I, I'm an administrative assistant, a thing that like you could do tomorrow without any degree at all, not to downplay my job, but it's not a specialized thing, but I'm like pushing to learn specialized IT skills so that I've got like a thing to anchor to. Yeah. Well, I think that that will be a not insignificant part of jobs for a long while is that like that social conditioning of like having gone through college will be important for like a lot of service positions where like you are an intermediary between customers and like a system of where like you are the face on like a bureaucratic machine that like their request is actually being accomplished by but like you're like helping them digest what's happening well yeah i mean there's that's uh, my very first temp job was in a call center and there uh it was just three little old racist ladies and me um and they anybody who called into that line would get greeted by an automated line first and they would push real hard to get to a person like nobody wants to talk to a robot and I think that that you're right. That kind of thing will maybe always be a face on top of robots doing the rest of the work. Mm -hmm. uh, theater degrees will always be handy. <laughs> the um, charisma. <laughs> I do think, Liz, to your technical skills, though, I do think, speaking of generations or eras, I think we're the last generation where there's going to be skills and then you give it over to a technical team to do. I think right. in the future it's going to be everyone has technical skills. Needs some sort of literacy. And then you have the specific areas that you have your technical like everybody knows how to use word i think it's gonna be eventually get to the point where almost everybody knows how to code you just know how to either write a novel or write a technical manual or write a whatever that's one two going back quite a ways i think you are right damon that loans also were a big part of this problem um because when it started to get too inex too expensive for students to deal with instead of colleges having to face that and make hard decisions they got money from the loans. government um mm -hmm. to like push the problem further away and like now it's going to become a problem when people have significant debt instead of 30 years ago when it would have been well if people can't afford it anymore do how do we make this more affordable right or change the or whatever. system but instead they went well people can't afford it anymore but they'll get loans from the government so we can just keep going right yeah. and now we have the same we're gonna hit the same problem but with one and a half trillion dollars of student loan debt, yeah, I was going to say a bigger boulder further it, down the track. Yeah. Well, I think I think younger people are more mindful toward that than even we were when we all went to college. Like, I think oh, definitely. that's something that there's just an increased amount of literacy about. And Again, like, the number of uh, financial advisors, the number of people I work with that are our age or a little older who say, "I didn't know what I was signing. I just like yeah. went in, and my parents said it'll be fine, or my school said it'll be fine, and I got out and was like, what the shit happened here?'" And I was like, "The literal like, only way I could go to school was to take out a loan." So. Right, and they just say, "Well, this is how you do it. Yeah. So don't worry about how much it is because you want to do this, right?" And you go, "Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's no other option. Sign here in your blood." This. Yeah, and like. Yeah. I think that hopefully that decision is starting to get scrutinized a little bit more of like, yeah, you could do this and this is the way you do this, but do you well, want to make 20% more, maybe your whole career, if you come out with $400,000 in debt? That, the answer may very well be no there. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, I think that'll be a thing that we're going to wind up talking with our kids about in a different way than our parents talked well, about. Well, I was going to say, like, I think, I mean, 
I was kind of a first generation college student anyway, but like I think that's something that even like you have a generation of kids who are going to school who are raised by parents who had student loans. Like, you know, not to, not necessarily the degree that like some of our peers did, but like parents who like probably had to pay off like an uncomfortable amount to like get like rid of it and like I don't want my kid to do that. Like I'm You mean this current them. generation going to college now is yeah. their parents were yeah. Yeah, I think like they're, they're at least starting to like the Gen Xers and stuff. Yeah, those Gen Xers are like maybe we're on like the bleeding edge of this problem who had a little bit or like got burnt by like the housing crisis or something. Yeah. You know, and are like very like debt averse because of it. Yeah. You know? So like And we gotta be yeah, more you, con more uh, creative about how we think about career paths. You know I mean if you think about it, the kids of the people who went through the Great Depression would have never taken out loans to go to school. No. Right? Just like the way they were raised and the way their parents would have would have walked well, through that did. process. They, they worked at the drive-in movie theater for but you, but, uh, you 45 go, cents an hour. But I know, but I'm trying to echo what you're saying, though, of like the people who go through the student loan crisis, which will eventually happen, or the housing crisis, who went through the housing crisis, are going to be talking to their kids differently than the people who went through the 90s, which was just a huge economic boom forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and then it makes me think that, 90s, like... because loans started then, but you get the idea. But, yeah, like, this makes me think that the thing in all of that that really needs to change is, like, the public perception of what it means to have a degree. Like, we were talking about the, like, the, the certificate itself is, like, your passkey into a lot of stuff right now, and we need to divorce that from, like... Like your education can be in a different, a lot of different ways, and I think that's up to our generation and the generation just before us to like to start to set those expectations mm -hmm. differently. Because right now we're in a world where like the people before us who went to college who are making these decisions didn't have to take out these loans, so obviously it's like They're a given. Expect a degree, because right? Why would you not? Why would you no not? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get a degree. But I think that like to Dan's point about like there being a, an arms race about it, like. I think those debt conscious kids will see that like maybe this in-state college isn't that much. It's not inferior. It's not way. as yeah. inferior. Like, you know, if Dan and I were going to school today, like we maybe would choose. I probably would have do two years at a community college and then move over or something like that. Or even yeah. just like I start like one of the, like, like not maybe U of I, but like one of the directional, like just, Something local. Well, yeah, I mean, I but moved like, to a different state. Twenty grand off of what Probably. we paid. Like, and definitely would not have changed the quality. I mean, I liked my school, but I didn't. I didn't go to Harvard. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. and even I then, like, we didn't go to our. We didn't go to our school for the thing that our school is, is extremely, extremely good. At. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean they neither have a did great I. Engineering school that that I wasn't we at. didn't benefit. <laughs> from. You know, like we, yeah, like he yeah, was like, a business major. I was an art major. Like we could have gotten those educations. A lot of places. Yeah, you know? that was like, actually something that my mom talked to me about a lot, uh, about being out here in Chicago in general. That like, you can do, you can do what you're going to do anywhere. Why are you doing it here? And like, mm -hmm. it made me, for me, it worked out because Chicago is where I wanted to be for my career. So coming out here for school made sense. But like, it would have probably been vastly cheaper for me to go to an in-state school. Um, and there were a couple of schools that I probably could have gotten like better. Uh, like support from financially Columbia doesn't have a great financial aid program. Um, but I also like to compensate for that took like exams to get out of 
credit hours so that I, you know, it's like cheaper to pay 80 bucks to take a test than it is to have a semester at school. Yeah. And like the things you do to get around that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think like specifically like your mom knew to press you on those questions. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that there's just way more moms like that today for different reasons, but like there are way more parents who are more fluent in what a lot of that means. I'm going to be asking my kids different questions than I got asked before I went to school. And my parents were wonderful and supportive and like tried to do everything they could. And I felt, I mean, I'm very blessed. Like I'm not here to complain. I just, I have a different frame of reference from what I've seen, what I've experienced, what they've seen and what they've experienced. And so therefore I will be asking different questions. Yeah. Like my parents went to school when, uh, and they knew I couldn't and they, they faced up with this and like, they're not the parents who are like, well, why didn't you just do what I did? But like they, where you could work part time and pay for a whole college education or you could work all throughout high school and pay for your first two years of school and your savings or summers when you're right. Right. Or yeah, you could. Yeah. Whereas I had a a part time job and could barely pay for like my books. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a part time job. I did several times a week and I probably netted enough for, yeah. Books books. and some fun. Yeah. And yeah, gas money Mm -hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think like, as much as we're saying that, like, our kids are also going to be facing problems that, like, we're not going to anticipate. Yeah, too. like, will Florida sure. even be there did, anymore? You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> and if so, damn it, why? <laughs> why Florida? <laughs> why have we not cut it off and jettisoned it into the sea? I was promised 10 feet of sea level rise. <laughs> <laughs> I bought what I assumed would be beachfront property and it's still swamp, damn it. <laughs> Oh, man, that's a dark man, future. These ones have been uh, different. They have been different. A different I think flavor tonight. We've been talking a lot about stuff that, that matters a lot to our we little hearts. We've spent a lot of time inside in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm going to blame it on that. This yeah. is a, a set of podcasts coming shortly after a polar vortex. Yeah, so that's fair. That's what happens to a frozen population of Chicagoans. <laughs> but I think, no, uh, the episodes we've done tonight, I think of both, like, the previous episode and this episode have been... Uh, uh, hitting some stuff that is maybe not as on our mission statement, but like close to what matters to our little hearts. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying a little bit less like make believe money and a little bit just you know, just a different flavor. Yeah, not saying it's bad. Yeah. Interesting. I'm glad that we got to talk about the school system stuff though, like and and colleges because it's been something I've been thinking about a lot. Like, what will this look like? I totally thought years. we would cover this, like, covering, like, The Graduate or something. And sure. Not this, like, high fantasy novel, though. But what a cool way to tie that like, in. And now I, I do just, want to read that book. Yeah. I was just thinking So what does Kevin have to say about plastic? And fan? I was like, why does, why does, why, why, he invents a scholarship. But, like, why would that be the first time that's ever came to pass? But yeah. Actually, if you have a for-profit college without the availability of getting money from the government, it kind of makes sense. It would never exist before. Yeah, why would you even bother and what is the next outcome of that? That they will pretty much just spend all their time figuring out how to farm the most money out of these families if they can. Gross. What kind of government is it? Is it a monarchy? Is the school the government? I can't like remember Hogwarts? if the specific place where the university is. There's like several countries, and I know sure. one of them, a couple of them are. I don't remember if the one that the university is specifically is a monarchy or not. Okay. There's definitely a class system. That was going to be my second uh, question. Where there are, like, nobles. I don't know if they all report to a monarchy or if there's, like, a council or if there's duchies or whatever. But, like, there is a... Duchy. There is some sort of nobility class versus a non-nobility class. My follow-up question was going to be if there was more than one country, which is, like, there. always kind of boggles my mind when, like, 
this like mystical land is like just out there with no like competition or borders. Right. It's, it's just like, is its thing all by itself. Yeah. It's a well thought out cool. series. Bless him. Worth reading. Well, I'm Actually, now at a one. There oh, am I at a one too? Is that what that means? I guess. I guess. We know about Kevin. We know about the university. We know that they poop on the floor. I know, so. <laughs> I know a lot about Kevin. I know a lot about wizard cones. <laughs> no, know anything about cones of denture. Thanks for listening to Make Believe Money. <laughs> I've been Liz. I've been Dan. I've been Dan. Uh, as always, thanks to our composer, Charlie Miller, for her music. Uh, email us your thoughts, feelings, and deep debt gripes at makebeliefmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, your podcatcher of choice. And um, try not to think too hard about your student loan payments. We love you. Goodbye. Be glad you don't have to take a loan out in blood. No. It's a thing no. that happens in this. Oh, You said no. you signed in blood. Oh, yes. He actually goes to a money lender for one of his semesters, and she makes him give some of her his blood. Ew. A pound Is she going to want a pound of flesh in the next one? Well, no, but think about this magic system. If things that are related... <gasps> He's got control, control over him. Not actually. I mean, she can't get control, but like you can do she a lot more. She can blood on fire. Yeah, I mean, you can do a lot more damage to poop. someone if you have a piece of them in this system That's than risky. in other systems. Yikes. I mean, again, he has to go to an illegal money lender because he can't get a legal money lender because... He ain't no he got collateral. No collateral or anything else. Other than his own blood. Ew. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>